A number of people have told me recently that they never watch the news because it's too depressing. Nothing but doom and gloom. And you often hear people say, oh, there never seems to be any good news. It seems that people are crying out for it. People are longing for good news. Uh, Well, I don't know whether you've noticed, but uh, most of the news corporations have picked up on this. Uh, They've responded uh, to this. So if you if you Google the words good news, you pull up all the news feeds for the various media outlets. So they've all got a, a web page dedicated to good news. Fox News, CNN, the ABC, the BBC, they've all got these good news pages. Let me give you some examples of the kind of good news stories that you might find. Here are some of the top stories on the day that I happen to be looking into this. Uh, I'll just give you the headlines. Fox News. Moment deaf baby hears mum's voice after hearing aid switched on. And I watched the video and it's heartwarming. It's very moving and very cute as this little baby girl hears her mother for the first time. It's wonderful. CNN. Top good news story. Amazon driver dances after getting some free snacks. Not so moving, not so cute, uh, but I watched it and it was strangely uplifting. BBC, friends of 80 years move into the same care home. Again, it's a very sweet story. I think we definitely put that in the category of good news. The ABC, Menindee grape growers expecting good crops this season and for a town that's been devastated by the drought, this is very good news indeed. And one more, my personal favourite. The New Daily ran this good news story. The headline, man fights croc and wins, but not without a bite to the groin. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that is such an Aussie good news story. (laughs) But you know, when I think about the bad news that makes the main headlines, the main news, if you like, war, famine, climate change, natural disasters, corruption, human trafficking, and so on. I can't help feeling that those good news stories don't do much to redress the balance. They don't really even things up. Because what you notice about those good news stories is they're good news for certain individuals, and in some cases, certain communities, uh, but not for the whole world. And I'm not even sure that getting bitten in the groin by a crocodile is good news. Well, today we're hearing about good news that is good news for everyone. It is good news that really does redress the balance. It was good news 2,000 years ago when the angel announced it to the shepherds on the hillside. And it's equally good news today. We are, of course, talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And if we were to focus exclusively on verses 4 to 8, there wouldn't be anything very remarkable about this story. Caesar Augustus uh, called a census. He wanted to know how many people there were in his empire for political and financial and military reasons. And as Scott uh, said the other day as well, because of his vanity. And everyone had to return to what was effectively their hometown to register. So there were significant numbers of people moving from one place to another. Mary and Joseph were two of those people. Mary happened to be pregnant, but she wouldn't have been the only pregnant woman who was having to make a journey in order to register. So they arrived in Bethlehem, 
And we're so used to hearing that there was no room in the inn, but the word that they've translated inn is probably better translated guest room. Uh, That is to say, there was no room in the upstairs part of the house where people normally lived. Remember, Joseph was from Bethlehem. That's where his family line came from. Uh, He probably had relatives there. Uh, And this house may well have been uh, that of a relative of Joseph. And so Mary and Joseph were lodged in the downstairs part of the house, which was kind of like a multi-purpose room or, or space. It could be used to store things. It could be used as a workshop or to uh, house the animals during winter. Hence, there was a, a manger, a feeding trough in there. Or at a push, it could be used to accommodate extra guests. So that's where Mary gave birth to Jesus. And she wrapped him in cloths and lay him in a manger. Humble beginnings, but at this stage, nothing very remarkable. I mean, if we were to take verses 4 to 8 on their own and turn them into a good news story, the headline might read something like this. Pregnant woman finds unusual place to give birth in overcrowded town. And yet, this event that at first glance looks so ordinary is the best news ever, and it's being celebrated today, more than 2,000 years later, by millions of people all over the world. Of course, this event would have no meaning unless God revealed that meaning to us. And so we come to the shepherds. In uh, first century Jewish culture, shepherds were at the bottom of the pecking order. They were this weird group of people who lived out on the hills with the animals. Uh, Because they lived in relative isolation, they couldn't participate in the religious practices of the community, so they they were shunned a little bit, a bit like they were outcasts who no one really trusted. In fact, they weren't even allowed to give evidence in a court of law. So no one would want to go and hang out with the shepherds. But God chose this pretty rough bunch of blokes who would normally be overlooked to be the first to hear this good news. Much like David, the shepherd boy, who also came from Bethlehem. He was overlooked by his family. He was overlooked by the prophet Samuel. And yet, here's the one that God chose to be king over Israel. Throughout the Bible, we see again and again that God chooses to honor the most unlikely people. And the angel delivers this wonderful news. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Israel had been waiting for this moment for more than 400 years. That 400-year period between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New. That, that time where God had been silent. The waiting was finally over. But more than that, the whole of creation had been yearning for this ever since sin and death first entered into creation. The long-awaited Messiah, the one who had put everything right, has at last been born. And when we think about the events that this birth precipitated, there are so many good news headlines to come out of this, aren't there? Through Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. That's quite a headline. The barrier that separates us from God has been removed. 
death need not be the end. We can live forever in a renewed and restored creation. We can be transformed in this life and made perfect in the life to come. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but inherit or have eternal life. Now, I frame those as headlines, but these are the claims of the New Testament. These are the claims of Christianity. This is the good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour, a saviour has been born to you. This is good news that does redress the balance. This is good news that can nullify every bit of bad news that you or the world has ever heard or experienced. And who is this good news for? Is it just for Mary and Joseph? Is it just for the shepherds on the hillside? Is is it just for the people of Israel? No, it's for everyone, for all people. But the majority of people out there today in Springfield or any other place are not getting excited about Jesus. For many, Christmas is not good news at all. It's the opposite, a time of financial pressure, of tension, of arguments. Uh, For many, it's a time of intense loneliness. And for those who do enjoy Christmas, but Christmas without Jesus, what are the best good news stories that we could manage? Queensland man creates 50,000 kilowatt light display on his house. Springfield child gets everything on her Christmas list. Large extended family gather for Christmas and it doesn't descend into an argument. If you take Jesus out of Christmas, any good news that you can salvage is trivial, inconsequential, paltry. The good news is Uh, The good news of Jesus is for everyone, but not everyone recognizes it as good news. But if you want to know who will, will recognize the birth of Jesus as good news, well, there's a big hint in this passage. There's a big clue. A humble God comes in a humble way by working through a humble peasant girl, and he announces it to a humble group of shepherds on the hillside. Going back to Mary's song that we heard a few weeks ago, the song she sang when the angel announced that she would conceive by the Holy Spirit, she sang these words, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. The story of Christmas, which of course leads to everything else that we know about Jesus, including his death and resurrection. This story is such good news. It is the best news for anyone who will humble themselves and admit that they are sinful and in need of a savior. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is good news for all those who are willing to bow the knee to Jesus and put their hope and their trust 
in him. So this morning we're reconnecting not just with this familiar story, but with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ who stands behind it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that uh, today, of all days, we'll get some sense of the magnitude of this event that we're celebrating today. We think about those headlines of what this really means. It puts all other news, good or bad, into the shadows. Everything else becomes completely trivial. And so we pray, Father, that we will see that today and that we'll absorb this and that we'll rejoice that this has happened and that this is the most significant thing ever to happen for the world and for us as a church and for us as individuals. And so, Father, we pray uh, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.